DW. The Great Barrier Reef is a natural wonder, stretching 2,300 kilometres along the east coast of Australia. It's the world's biggest reef system and the only living organism visible from space. You can reach this UNESCO World Heritage Site in two and a half hours by boat from the city of Townsville in North Queensland. Or you can go by plane, like marine biologist Terry Hughes. He's the director of the Australian Centre for Coral Reef and Research at Townsville's James Cook University, and he carries out aerial surveys of the reef. My colleagues and I have been very busy in the last few years looking at the impacts of global warming on the Great Barrier Reef, which have been quite devastating. So in 2016 and 2017, we had record-breaking sea temperatures on the Great Barrier Reef, which were very destructive. The coral bleaching in their latest survey in March 2020 was the most severe and widespread they'd ever recorded. Hughes says it's the third mass bleaching event in just five years, after 2016 and 2017. In February, the month before the survey, the reef sweltered through its highest monthly sea surface temperatures on record. When the water is too warm, corals expel the algae they depend on for survival and turn white. Such bleaching can take at least 10 years to be restored, but with marine heatwaves becoming more common, stressed corals may not have enough time to recover before the next heatwave hits. That should be an urgent call to action, says marine biologist Terry Hughes. The only way to secure a long-term future for the world's coral reefs is to deal with greenhouse gas emissions. That is the root cause. Our Australian government still supports the expansion of the fossil fuel industry, new coal mines, more fracking for methane gas, coal seam gas um, throughout Australia. And that, to my mind, is a complete policy failure in terms of adequate stewardship of the Great Barrier Reef. Although Australia's Conservative government appears to be slowly shifting toward a future without coal, it hasn't fully embraced renewable energy. The economy is the driving factor, and mineral resources, especially in Queensland, are an important part of that, explains Michael McMillan, former policy and investment director at Townsville Enterprise. If you look historically at what uh, regional Queensland represents as far as what its economic pillars are, mining and resources and agriculture are those two key pillars. Uh, if we are to lose one of those through, uh, I suppose, a an environmentally driven or emphasised agenda, um, that will have a significant impact economically across the north, um, but uh, also to the state and federal government's royalties and, and taxes in relation to the resource sector as well. But environmental activist Wendy Tubman says the argument that mining creates jobs simply doesn't hold up. And there was a survey done by a major consulting firm and they said that the reef employs in the order of 64,000 people, way more than the mining industry in, in Queensland. And it brings in something in the order of $7 billion a year. So, and that's forever. That's every year. It's not just until the price drops or until we stop mining coal. That's forever. 
<laughs> the climate activist wears a T-shirt and matching earrings, carrying the protesters' battle cry, Stop Adani. Adani, the Indian mining company that's planning to build one of the largest coal mines in the world, the Carmichael Mine, here in Queensland. Australia gave the green light for the mine in mid-2019. Just 200 kilometres south of Townsville, wagon after wagon full of coal rolls along the train tracks to the deepwater harbour at Abbott Point. The pier extends a kilometre into the blue water. That's according to aerial photographs. You can't actually visit the site because it's privately owned by the Adani Group. The port has the capacity to move 50 million metric tonnes of coal through here annually, loaded onto ships that then travel over the reef. Adani wants to expand the port so that coal from its Carmichael mine can also be transported here as well. Since the mine was approved, environmental activists have been staging protests to try to stop construction work at the site. Greg Rollies is one of them. He was arrested after blocking coal trains for three hours. I took the action that I took because uh, we are in the middle of a climate emergency. Our very home is under threat. Governments have failed to consistently for decades have failed to act. And we need to take non-violent direct action if we are to save and protect our home. Activists have also set up an anti-coal protest camp on a property near the harbour. It has a vegetable garden, improvised kitchen facilities, washing and cooking duties for everyone, and a chill zone, which a reggae band is trying out. They've also implemented strict health and cleaning guidelines to avoid the risk of coronavirus infection. Shane Primrose left his job as a physics teacher to come and live here. The government corruption is quite apparent. It, it becomes a necessary step to come into spaces that allow for civil disobedience because it's quite clear that we're not going to get the change that we need through the existing channels and through, through existing government policies. Not far from the protest camp lies the coal town Collinsville. It calls itself Australia's pit pony capital. The local pub is called Pit Pony Tavern. Safety vests for construction and mine workers are a common form of attire. A local museum offers visitors the coalface experience. When a convoy of anti-Adani campaigners travelled through the town last year, the reception was not cordial. In the eyes of the locals, the protesters are trying to stop a project that promises jobs for the region. But activists in the camp, like 52-year-old Sooty, say coal is not the future. Yes, so you wonder how, if they've got children, how they can just ignore the fact that, sure, it's, you know, it's going to help them at the moment, you know, good money, help the kids in the short term, but they're going to leave the kids a massive problem in the future. You know, not only the kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids, their great-great-great-grandkids. You know. A difficult dilemma as activist Greg Rollies points out. There's going to be no jobs um, on a dead planet. But perhaps what's happening in the mining town of Collinsville is a good sign. 
Directly across from a former coal-fired power station, there's now a large photovoltaic project taking shape. The first solar panels are already feeding energy into the electricity grid. After all, Australia does have lots of coal, but even more sunshine. DW. 